Good evening, everyone. I'm glad you're here tonight, and uh, I'm so thankful for God's goodness. Isn't God good to us? He's faithful, and He's true, and we can always trust in Him, and, and that's what we want to remind us about in song as we begin tonight. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. And all my life you have been faithful. And all my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, oh, I will sing of the goodness of God. fire in darkest nights you are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend and I have lived in the goodness of God so so good with every breath that I am able oh I will sing of the goodness of God your goodness is running after it's running after me your goodness is running after, it's running after me. With my life laid down, I'm surrendered now. I give you everything. Your goodness is running after, it's running after me. And all my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good With every breath that I am able Oh, I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God Cause all my life you have been faithful so so good with every breath that I am able oh I will sing of the goodness of God oh I'm gonna sing of the goodness of God y'all sing that chorus with us all my life you have been faithful he's been so good and all my life you have been so so good with every breath that i am able oh i will sing of the goodness of god Amen. Praise the Lord. He's good. And I will sing of the goodness of God. It just leads right into 
he keeps me singing. And what are we going to sing about? The goodness of God. Let's stand as we sing hymn 425 if you're following in your hymnal. He keeps me singing. Thank you so much. You may be seated, and um, I just want to, to say how, how loved you have made uh, me feel these, not only today, but, but these last uh, weeks, a uh, couple of weeks, and it just means a lot. I appreciate so much the encouragement and, and the prayers and um, the kind words. Um, it, it just, you know, the Apostle Paul said of the church at Philippians, we'll be in uh, Philippians tonight. Uh, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 14 but in Philippians 1 Paul said I thank my God upon every remembrance of you and, um, and I was sitting on the back deck uh, today and, um, and all of a sudden the breeze blew and there goes the chimes and, 
and it just really it just really was special and so it just means a lot and I just again want you to know how much we we love you sometimes people you know associate change as as unloving and that's certainly not the case um, I remember when I was at Sakona I was only there 10 months um, and that that sounds like what happened I actually had people say what happened you know that doesn't sound good only be there 10 months uh, but the Lord in my time at Sakona just solidified uh, that my calling is to preach and and so um, actually uh, those that were on the the search committee here um, uh, the first time I sent a resume uh, they did not respond because I was just across the tracks over there at Eastside at the time and and so when I when I went to uh, Sakona obviously I felt led you know to submit a resume here uh, before I went there um, but uh, but then while I was at Sakona I got to fill in to preach when the pastor was away and I'm just telling you I just uh, I, I just love that I love filling in and preaching in the in the folks at the church um, you know, when, when I announced my resignation, they said, we knew it. You know, we knew that God was calling you and that we wouldn't keep you long. And, and, and it's just great that, you know, that God, you know, affirmed that in their hearts as well. Uh, but I'll never forget, um, I believe it was Dora Fowler that called me and said, uh, you know, we, we want to uh, meet with you and talk with you. And, and, um, and then the rest was history. And I, I appreciate so much the good memory meeting in that fireside room over there um, about eight and a half or so years ago. And and um, and then uh, and then as things worked out, I remember, you know, coming and preaching a trial sermon here, and Dr. Allen was here at the time, and and he did such a great work in, in preparing the way for the next pastor, and uh, and and loved on y'all and, and ministered to y'all so much, and uh, those were good memories and good days. My first pastorate, you know, and uh, no matter where God leads and what God does in the days ahead, I as as I said about First Baptist, I, I certainly didn't uh, feel like I would ever leave, and. And I've, I had, I've had uh, the, one of the former, pa well, Stuart Houston was a pastor over 20 years at Blue Ridge View, and he said, you'll never leave, Mark. He said, well, unless God calls you. And so I feel that way. That's my plan. I, you know, I don't, I don't plan on, on staying there any amount of time and then leaving. My plan is to stay there until God calls me home. But you never know what God's going to do. But no matter where God leads, if I leave at Blue Ridge View and God leads me elsewhere, wherever it might be, First Baptist Church will always be dear to my heart because you were my first pastorate and and, and y'all called us and I'm grateful for that and and uh, didn't always do uh, things that maybe as I should and made mistakes and, and learned along the way um, but I look back on it and I feel like that uh, you know that God uses those times and and he, he, he equips us for for days ahead and 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 I believe as I as I reflect back I believe uh, you know First Baptist Church today is is uh, is, is just ready to take off and, and um, I'm grateful for the interim pastor time you're going to have may it be as sweet as the day that uh, Dr. Allen was here and then as God leads and as God brings his, his next pastor in for his church this is his church and his work and his kingdom um, I pray that it'll be a, just a sweet time a time of blessing and um, so our prayers are certainly with you I, I didn't mean to talk that much um, and, uh, but I did <laughs> And, and so, uh, but I appreciate y'all so much, and I just want to share my heart with you. I love you so much. And as we sang in song, uh, goodness of God, you know, Donna sent, uh, sent me a, a, a text last week and asked if Valor and I would be willing to sing a call to worship, and it just seemed like the goodness of God was just the right song. We had another one that we was working on, but no, that's it, because God has been good, and you have been good to me and to us and to our family, and so that's why this is hard, and it should be hard, um, but... I, I really believe, as I shared this morning, that, that it's the Lord's will. And so, uh, so I love y'all, and I appreciate you so much. And I do, I'll be thinking about you here in a couple of weeks. We'll have Vacation Bible School. And, um, and Kimbo, we had some good memories of VBS. I remember sitting out there on the, on the ATV, um, uh, Kimbo and I taking the picture and, and, uh, and promoting Vacation Bible School. And, and um, I, I can just remember uh, just so many memories of, of VBS and and, uh, and sharing the gospel right down here and having some to respond and going back in the choir room and, and, and trying to follow up with them and, and, uh, and, and then the, the youth, you know, a lot of them helping with the songs and the motions and, and just some great times in the, in the crafts and, the, and I always loved the snacks. I always had to go down there and, and probably get three or four more snacks than I should get. Um, but uh, I, I, just, I just love Vacation Bible School and I'll be praying for y'all and, 
and I know July 5th will be the start. And I just want to remind you that Doug has, has shared that he'll be here this Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, the church will be open to, uh, for any teachers that would like to help decorate. And I do want to remind you about that. Also, men, don't forget the men's prayer group that meets at Yanks Wednesday mornings at 8 o'clock. And, um, and then Wednesday night, also don't forget Wednesday night as well. And, um, and so uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer. And thank all of you for being here tonight. It's so good to see Teresa and, and your family with us and Brandy. Uh, y'all with us as well and uh, we we just me and me has already taken a selfie so we've already gotten that out of the way and uh, but I, I love y'all and I, I'm grateful that, that you're here and and all of you tonight it just means a lot and and uh, so uh, one more time praise the Lord and I pray that uh, God's word will go forth and um, that God's work would be accomplished in our hearts here tonight as we worship and as we praise him together Heavenly Father Lord we just praise you there's none like you you are mighty and supreme and true and living, the great creator. And Lord, as Doug reminded me before service tonight, that God, we look up to the hills from whence cometh our help. Our help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And so Lord, we can, uh, we can face an unknown future because we have a known God. And I'm grateful for that, Lord. And I pray that you will guide and direct. Um, I, I look forward, Lord, to uh, the days ahead at Blue Ridge View. But I also look forward to the days ahead of Liberty First. And, and uh, Robert Dickard will be coming and ministering to this wonderful church family. And Lord, they'll be calling a pastor search committee and, and, and all the process that will be taking place. Lord, calling an interim pastor. Lord, we just pray that you will guide and direct. And Lord, that the interim pastor will come in and do such a wonderful work, a wonderful ministry, Lord, during that, that transition time. And Lord, that the church would be one and would uh, rally together and and serve you and serve each other and love you and love each other. And then, Lord, as the time comes, Lord, as the search committee uh, reviews resumes and as they have meetings and, and, Lord, as they have interviews, I pray, God, that you will make it so clear. And, Lord, that they will unanimously present to the church your man. And, God, that as you lead, as you, as you bring your man here, I pray, Lord, that you will bless him and that the best days of Liberty First will be ahead. So we pray for this church, Lord. I thank you so much uh, for the ministries here and for these wonderful people. And, and I'm grateful, Lord, for our time here. You're so good. And I'm just grateful, Lord, and I thank you. And now, Lord, tonight, God, as we look into your word and as we continue to praise and worship you, I pray, Lord, that you will guide us and that you will speak and that, God, that you would be glorified and that we would trust and obey you tonight, dear Jesus. God, that we will leave this place closer than when we came. We ask in the wonderful, precious, matchless name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. We'll stand once again for our offertory, Lead on, O King Eternal.
we pray and, and, and ask you to be with uh, Pastor Mark, not just tonight, but in his new church at Blue Ridge, our Lord, as he continues continues spreading the word and working for you, their Father. We thank you for the time that he gave us, about eight years plus here, the Lord, it's been very special to all of us. We thank you for everything you've done for him and for us in our church. Lord, we ask you to bless the tithes and offerings we're about to receive, but glorify your kingdom. In that name we pray, amen. great uh what a great song what a great reminder that we are blessed <laughs> okay miles all right we'll, we'll we'll be in prayer okay i know i know he's going to be having a uh, an appointment with a specialist as well and i uh, appreciate him coming i'm be praying for him that he'll he'll feel better um and uh so um um it's, I, I could say something funny right now but i, I won't do that I, i'll uh uh, we'll move on. Philippians chapter 3 and uh, in verse 14. Um, if you'll uh, turn there with me. And, uh, of course, the church at Philippi was a, was a healthy church. And uh, even in Paul's absence, they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. And it blessed Paul's heart. And it just meant so much to him. And, and, uh, and one of the major themes in Philippians is joy. Uh, Paul even says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And, of course, this is a prison epistle. So Paul was able in the midst of, of trials and being in prison for doing the very, not for doing wrong, but for doing right. You know, sometimes doing right uh, may, may lead us to suffer. And that was the case with Paul. Paul was, was in prison and yet he's rejoicing and he's thinking about the, the church at Philippi and it meant so much to him. And, and uh, so he's writing them. And, and uh, here in this particular uh, passage, Paul has already uh, declared that it's all for Christ, you know, and and, and everything. He's our all in all, and everything we do is, is, is for Christ, our hope, everything uh, is in the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and so uh, we come to this portion of, of Scripture here in, in the latter part of chapter 3 where uh, Paul is talking about pressing on. And what are we pressing on for? Well, we're pressing on uh, towards a goal. And, and what is that goal? Well, we're going we're gonna to see that goal tonight. And, and of course, as we think of pressing on, we're thinking about going forward, moving forward. And, and so... Um, you know, Jesus even said that the, the one that takes his hand from the plow and, and looks back is not worthy of the kingdom of God. And I pray that that would not be us. You know, we wouldn't dwell on the past and, and uh, we wouldn't live there, but, but God has brought us where we are today for such a time as this. And he's got a work and he's got a plan. And I pray that, that we'll press towards that goal to honor God and to do God's work and to not, uh, not lag behind, but keep pressing on. Not to fall out and, and, and go to the right or to the left, but to, to stay on the right path and to, and to keep pressing on in Jesus' name. You know, none of us enjoy difficulties and tough times. I'm sure that there are many here this morning. We would all probably say, I didn't wake up this morning saying, Lord, help me to have a difficult day. Oh, Lord, bring on the trials. I want them to come. There's none of us, you know, that would pray that. Uh, in fact, it's common today to hear people say, I'm done. You ever heard that? You know, they endure so much, they, they go through difficulties, and, and they just come to the place where they just had enough, they can't take it anymore, and they're done. It might be with a relationship, it might be something at work, it might be with family, and it might be a combination of all of that. And, and the difficulty just overwhelms them, and they've had enough, and they just come to the place where they say, I'm done. Well, God doesn't want His people to be done. He wants us to press on. Well, how do we press on? Not by our strength, but His strength. 
And our focus as we press on is the author and finisher of our faith, the Lord Jesus. If we take our eyes off of Jesus, then we're going to go astray. But let's keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. And praise God, he's not just the author, but the finisher of our faith. And so let's finish well. Let's keep pressing on. And uh, let's focus on the Lord. Keep our focus where it needs to be. And, and he wants us to do just that, to press on. Uh, the fact is, believers are going to face trials. I mean, here Paul is in prison for doing right, for doing what God has called him to do. You know, those, the wealth and health and prosperity you know, gospel believers, um, they don't seem to understand that sometimes, you know, if we're in the will of God, we're going to face difficulties and trials. Matter of fact, James says, when you face various trials, not if. And so there's going to be times of testing and times of trials. And sometimes it's just God's will. But we have comfort during those trials. We have a purpose. And we need to make sure that it's not my purpose and it's not your purpose, but it's God's purpose. And so God's word assures us in Romans 8, 28, that all things work together for good to them that love God and those who are the called according to his purpose. Not some things, not only the good things, but all things. And that includes the bad things as well. All things work together for good. So that gives us hope tonight. We just keep pressing on because no matter what, all things work together for good. So, you know, should you and I who love God, who have been saved. We've got the Holy Spirit in our hearts. Our names are written in glory. This world's not our home. Uh, should we live according to His purpose and understand that trials come for a purpose to equip us and come to the place where we say we're done? How could we be done? Now, we think about the Lord Jesus, all that He endured, not, not only on the cross, but before He got to the cross. All that He endured, if there was ever... Anyone that would have been right in saying, I'm done, not going to go through with this. After all, he was sinless and perfect. It was Jesus. He could have said, I'm done, but he didn't. And I pray that he's our reason to just keep pressing on uh, in, in Jesus' name. I'm glad Jesus didn't say, I'm done. <laughs> I'm grateful that every step he took ultimately led him to the cross of Calvary where he died for my sin and for your sin. That's why we press on because of Jesus. Press on in uh, Jesus' name. So look with me here in Philippians uh, three fourteen, Just one verse tonight. And um, I want us to see tonight that we need to press on for the Lord. Philippians 3 and, and verse uh, 14. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now the first uh, verses 12 and 13, previous verses to this, Paul is is, is basically saying that I've not, I've not already attained, I've not who apprehended of who I ought to be, um, I'm, I'm not where I, I need to be, um, and that, that's the case for all of us tonight. You know, here we are tonight, there's not any of us that would say, man, I've, I've arrived, I've got it all figured out. None of us would say that, and as a matter of fact, we'll never say that in these bodies of flesh. None of us will ever be able to say that I'm where I need to be. And if we, if we get to, the, to complacency in our lives, then we're, we're, we're really on the wrong path and we're, our focus is off. And so um, Paul says, you know, I've not already attained. I've, I've, not, I've not apprehended. I'm not where I need to be. But here's what I do. I press on, Paul says in verse 14. So that's important to keep the context to understand the first two verses here. Uh, but verse 14, I press toward the mark. And I want us to see, first of all, as we think about pressing on, we need to realize what is involved in pressing on. Paul says, I press toward the mark. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. God, what we see here tonight is, is true. Your word is all sufficient. It's inerrant, infallible, and it is inspired. And Lord, we'd be better off if we just take you at your word and commit tonight, Lord as we look into your word. I pray you will guide us. I pray that you will teach us tonight. Lord, move in our hearts and lives, and may you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want us again to see in verse 14 what is involved in pressing on. Now the word press here in verse 14 where Paul says, I press, that means to run swiftly in order to catch someone or something. You know, you're not being, you're not half-hearted. But you are pursuing something or someone so that you might catch them. It's used figuratively of one who is running in a race 
to reach a goal. I, I love track meets, and <clears throat> I always enjoy. We hosted the Upper State Track Meet here uh, in Liberty, and uh, just just a couple of months ago. And and I, I love I love to watch those athletes compete. Uh, those you know I love the relays. You know you have you have different legs and and uh, of, of the relay, and and one one person will start, and he's running, and it's all his might to get to that next person waiting to take the baton. And as, as they hand it off, man, it's full steam ahead. You know, they're not just, you know, they're not just, let me go get me a drink of water right quick or let me just sit down and take a break. No, they have a purpose and the mark is to make it to the next person and that person uh, hands off the baton and then that person runs to the next person and you understand the relay. And then when the last person, he's the last leg of the relay, he's running with all his might and he's not going to quit. He's not going to slow down until he crosses the finish line. And they always say run all the way through it. You know, don't slow down. That might be the difference where the person can catch you. But run all the way through it. And that's the idea. That's the picture tonight that I want us to have of what Paul is talking about here of pressing on. Man, we have a purpose. And we're running. And we're trying to catch something. We're not being lazy. We're not, we're not getting sidetracked and, and uh, looking in the stands and waving at everybody and looking for attention or, or, or whatever. And, you know, you know, our focus is forward. It's not down. I mean, you know, when you run, you don't look at each step you take and watch your feet. If you do that, you're going to be everywhere. You're going to be all over. But you focus on a mark and you look ahead and you run. And that's the picture is as I press on and Paul's talking about running to catch someone or to catch something. In other words, there's an urgency that's there, and we're just going to keep pressing on. And that's, that's the picture. That's what's involved in pressing on. The word press is often closely related to persecution. Paul says, I press on. And he's in, a, he's, in a, he's in prison as he's saying that. I press on. I don't know about you, but if I were Paul and I was in prison for doing what God's called me to do, I would have a pity party. I don't know if I could say I'd press on. Would you be able to say that? You know, things don't go your way, and do you still press on when things don't go your way? I have always uh, been interested to see that um, you don't really see the real person until they don't get their way. And then, the, then you see the real person. Well, Paul didn't, I'm sure, didn't want to be in prison, but he's in prison. And he, his circumstances is not probably uh, what he wanted it to be, but he says, I press on. Is that, is that us, the, our very core that no matter what, circumstances may not be right, difficulties might be all around us, but I'm able to say with the Apostle Paul, we press on. Let's press on. Jesus even said, what a great reminder for us. When we think about difficulties and, and, and tough circumstances, Jesus said in John 16, 13, In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Praise God for that. We are overcomers. We just keep pressing on because the battle is over. Jesus has, has defeated death, hell, and the grave, and, and, um, and, and this thing is winding down. We're not fighting for uh, victory. We're fighting from victory. It's already over. And so he's our reason. Let's keep pressing on. There's an urgency. Let's keep our focus on Jesus and focus on the mark and just keep pressing on. And I don't know about you, but I love being on the winning side. Who wants to be on the, on the losing side? Now, y'all know I'm a Clemson fan, and you know, Chris, I had to get this in one more time. Um, I, I love to watch the Gamecocks lose. I mean, I, I do. I enjoy that. Sorry, Dennis. Sorry about that. But, uh, but, but I, why? Because they are my rival as a Clemson fan. And if, if somebody says, you know, I'm a Clemson fan, but I pull for Carolina when they don't play Clemson, oh, give me a break. You're not a real fan. You want, you want them to lose and lose bad if you're a real Clemson fan. And I love being on the winning side. And sometimes, and I'll be honest, there are games that I don't want to rewatch. You know, games uh, like that uh, Ohio State game. You know, I, I don't want to watch that, man. That, that was, that's not enjoyable. I'm not going to watch that. It didn't, didn't turn out well, you know. But those games like when Clemson beat Alabama in the national championship, man, I'll watch that over and over again. Now, when I watched it live, you know, um, the pressure was there. And you get all tense and all worked up. What's going to happen? Oh, man, there's a turnover. Or there's a hold and he didn't call it. And we didn't get the first down. And you just go crazy a lot of times when you watch it live. But you watch it, watch the replay. You're just as calm as you can be because you know the outcome. I'm telling you the same is true for the believer in Christ. This thing is over. We have won. 
We shouldn't be defeated. We have, we're on the winning side. And so because of all that Christ is and all that he's done that Paul talks about in the earlier part of chapter 3, we just keep pressing on. Paul's in prison, difficult circumstances, and he says, I press on. Paul says, I've not already apprehended. I'm not who I ought to be, but I'm just going to keep pressing on. And every one of us would admit we're not where we ought to be, but thank God, through faith in Christ, we're not who we once was. And there's better days coming, and let's just keep our eyes on Jesus, and let's just keep pressing on. Paul also uh, wrote about suffering in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 and 8. You see, Paul had the right perspective. The Holy Spirit would inspire Paul. Paul was in close fellowship with God. And we might say, well, that's the Apostle Paul. No, you can have and we can have, I can have a close fellowship with God because if we pray and if we seek the Lord, then uh, anyone that draws near to God, God will draw near to them. And that was Paul. And, and, and Paul wrote about some suffering in 2 Corinthians 4, 7 and 8. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God, not of us. See, that's the key. God's power, not my power, not your power. Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. I'm telling you, we have the joy. We have the victory. And we have every reason to press on. And it's not me. It's not you. It's not Liberty First. It's not Blue Ridge View. It's not the Southern Baptist Convention. It's not the Methodist. It's not the Church of God. It's not the deacons. It's not the Sunday school teachers. It's, it's not prominent members of the church. Our reason for pressing on is Jesus. And he's enough. I mean, he has, he has given us the victory. And, um, and here in this, this, this low land of sorrow, this sin-cursed world, we'll have difficulties and trials. But Jesus says, I've overcome. And we keep our eyes on him and we'll just keep pressing on. Also, you fast forward to the end of Paul's life. And boy, this is where I want to be. I don't know about you, but I want to finish well. And you know, I really don't know when, when my sunset days are. I'd like to think I'm going to live to, you know, I, 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 we joked about me being half a hundred a few weeks ago. I'd like to be halfway there. I'd like for it to be just noonday for me right now. But folks, we never know. We don't know. We have an appointment. It's appointed unto man once to die. And then after that, the judgment will stand before God for the fact that did we press on or not? Did we focus on Christ? And did we serve God? And I don't know when my time is going to come. But whenever it is, and whenever your time is, it's my prayer that we will desire to finish well. And Paul says in the end of his life, in 2 Timothy 4, 7, you remember that baton in the relay where they're handing it off? Well, Paul's handing the baton off to young Timothy. And he's writing young Timothy, instructing him about how to do things in the church and, and about preaching the word and being instant in season and out of season and how all scripture is given by inspiration of God is profitable for doctrine, for, for reproof and for correction and instruction in righteousness. And so all of this... Uh, Paul is, is instructing Timothy even about, about leaders in the church and you'll find qualifications for even deacons and, and, and for pastors in uh, 2 Timothy and so Paul is handing the baton off to young Timothy and he's coming to the end of his life and he's about to die a martyr's death by the order of Nero because of pressing on in Christ Jesus boy think about that you mean to tell me Pastor Mark that if I press on for Jesus I might suffer yep if I press on for the Lord Jesus, I might even die. Well, that was Paul's case. Every one of the, every one of the original uh, apostles, they, that was their case. They, they suffered. But what can they do to us <laughs> as believers? They can take our... Last night, we got home last night, and I was unloading the van and uh, pulled in the driveway, and I saw this man walking up the street, didn't have a shirt on, and I'm telling you, he, he was fried. He really was. And... Um, and so I thought, oh, Lord, here we are. I'm unloading the van, and here, it's going to be time just right for him. And, and so I thought I'd be nice, and I said, I said hello. And, and he just stopped. And he just looked at me like this and was just staring at me. And I'm staring at him, and I'm going, what's about to happen here? <laughs> you know, and, and so, so immediately, it was like the Spirit of God said, just keep doing what you're doing. And so that's what I did. I just got the luggage out, and then fortunately, he just, he just walked on. Now, you can say what you want, but I often pray for a hedge protection about me and my family. 
And I, and I believe that. I believe the, the hand of God. I believe the Lord. Somebody like that, you don't know what they're going to do. I mean, it's, it's going on uh, 11 o'clock at night, and it's dark, and here we are out there in the yard. And then I found out my neighbor is a, is a deputy. I found out that he went up there and was screaming and hollering at his front door because he saw a law enforcement car there. And, and, uh, and, just, and, and this has uh, been an oncoming thing in our neighborhood. With this, Nobody knows who he is or where he's from or what's going on or what's happening. Um, but, but I'm just telling you, as we think about, we never know what a day is going to hold. But whenever the time comes, and, and when we come to the end, I pray that we'll be able to say what the Apostle Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy 4, 7. Paul says, I fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, here it is, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, this includes us tonight, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Is that you tonight? When you think about the day when the trumpet sounds, and we'll say goodbye world, goodbye, or when God calls us home, either, either way, you know, we, we love his appearing. And, and there's a crown of, of righteousness that the righteous judge will, will reward us for. What I'm trying to say is, let's keep pressing on. Let's keep pressing on in Jesus' name. Because there's, you'll, you'll be fully rewarded for it in glory one day. There's rewards. And I pray that we'll keep pressing on. Paul didn't quit. He didn't trade pressing on for the Lord with popularity or with fame, for material things or wealth. You remember in 2 Corinthians 12, where, where Paul talked about where uh, he was called up to the third heaven. I believe that's where Paul had been stoned. I believe he actually died. Uh, he was called up to the third heaven in paradise, he said. But even then, he didn't boast about it. He talked about it in the third person. I knew a man, whether in the body, out of the body, I cannot tell. I knew a man. He didn't say, I'm the man. And he didn't brag about what he saw. He said, I saw things that I can't even put in words. He saw glory. And as he, as he saw that, he didn't boast or he didn't brag about it. But Paul fought a good fight, and he kept the faith, and he kept pressing on. He didn't get sidetracked by popularity or fame, but he kept pressing on. What, what about us tonight? Maybe, maybe you've been hurt. You're going through some tough times, things that, circumstances that you don't understand. Let me encourage you. Jesus is worthy to keep pressing on. Pressing on in Jesus' name. I pray that in the days ahead that I hear, and I know I'm going to hear great things of liberty first. And I know that you've been pressing on. Let's just keep pressing on. One day, it'll be worth it all. Uh, Warren Wiersbe once said, the Christian runner with the spiritual mind realized that God must work in him if he is going to win the race. Without me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. You see, God wants to work within us. And he's got to work with it. It's his work. It's his strength and it's his power. We need God's strength to keep pressing on. God works in us that he might work through us. And that's the greatest thing of all. So Paul says, I press toward the mark. But notice the last part of verse 14 as we close. For the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And so second of all, I want us to see that we need to realize not, not only what's involved in pressing on, but we need to realize the prize that are for believers. The prize. Well, prize obviously means an award to the victor in the games. It's a metaphor of the heavenly reward for Christian character and service to the Lord. I'm telling you, we're going to be fully compensated. If, I hate to put it that way, but we'll be, we'll be fully rewarded for all that we've done. And there'll be things, I'm convinced, because we forget. There'll be things that maybe we had forgotten about that we'll be rewarded for. We did it in Jesus' name, and we did it for the right motive. We didn't do it for us. We did it for Him. And there'll be things that we'll be rewarded for. You see, God takes notice, and there's nothing that He's going to miss out on. He knows it all. He knows everything. Let's make sure that we have plenty of rewards in heaven so that when we stand before the righteous judge, the Lord Jesus, with the marks in His, in his wrist and His side where He died on the cross, we stand before Him we can bow down before Him and give those rewards, those gifts, the crowns of righteous, give it right back to Him. 
So there's a prize that's involved. Now think about the winner of the Greek races. They received a wreath of leaves. You know, you've, you've probably seen that. And, and uh, you know, sometimes a, a case reward. The Christian receives an award of everlasting glory. It's not going to corrupt. I mean, you think about the awards in this world. They're just going to fade and corrupt and one day burn up. It's just going to burn up one day. They're, they're not going to last. That, uh, that, that, that athlete, man, an, an Olympic athlete, I mean, you talk about the elite, the elite of the elite. <laughs> it, it always amazes me, these travel ball teams, they use those terms elite, you know. Well, an Olympic athlete really is an, an elite athlete. You talk about somebody that's training, you know, Keyshawn King, he, he tried out for the Olympics. Uh, I believe has a state rep record um, in South Carolina for the, for the tri long the triple jump. And, uh, and, and even, I think, might have set a record at, at, at Stanford uh, where he... Uh, was on the uh, the track and, and field team and and, um, and and he's but but you talk about to even be there to qualify for the Olympics you talk about the elite of the elite they work hard and they train every four years you know it might be three and a half years away but they're training every day and their diet their exercise all of it they're training and it's it's for the for that prize it's for that wreath and that wreath one day the the, the leaves. Uh, the wreath of leaves, it's just going to fade and dry, and it'll, it'll, just, it'll just be uh, to nothing one day. But the Christian receives an, an award of everlasting glory. The Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 25, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that you may obtain. In other words, do your best. You know, Paul says in Colossians 3, you know, whether you, whether you eat, drink, or whatever you do, do all for the glory of God. Let Him be your reason. And because He's your reason, press on and do it at your best. You know, do, do your best and, 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 uh, and run so that you might receive a prize, Paul says. They all, all of them run a race, but only one is going to receive the prize. I often joke with Coach Canterbury, our, our uh, high school track and cross country coach. One of the things uh, when, when they're when they're down there getting ready for for a meet or something, I always like to go and, and run a, a 5K around the track when they're getting ready, just because of the environment and the atmosphere and you know and and, and I always joke with him. I, I said the old clunker's done now, so y'all can get all the fast ones out there. I, if I if I had to run with those guys. It doesn't matter how hard I tried. I, I, would, I would get lapped. I think about Cal Finley, and, and uh, he's now at Clemson. And uh, I think about those, those guys that, I mean, they run five-minute miles. Man, I couldn't do that. I, 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 there's no way I could do that now at, at 50 years old. And I would be like when you go to the racetrack, and here's all the cars. Vroom, 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 and all of a sudden, <laughs> there's, another, there's one that goes by, and then before long, he's lapped. You know, and that's what I, I said. I, the old clunker is done. Um, but, uh, but, but you think about the, the race and and uh, they've competed and they've trained and they've worked hard. And Paul says, run your best. Run in such a way so that you might win. Now we know the Christian race is often, it's called a race. Paul, Paul says it right here, but it's also uh, compared to as a walk. And it's not always, you know, running hard. It's, it's about pacing yourself, running your race, and finishing that's what I want to encourage us with tonight. Paul goes on to say, Only one receives the prize, and every man that striveth for the mastery is uh, temperate in all things. Now they do in, to obtain a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. When I think of, 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 of uh, awards in sports and trophies, there's the NFL Super Bowl Vince Lombardi Trophy. Um, we got a hockey player here tonight. Uh, the NHL Stanley Cup. And, and I don't know, is, it, is the finals done yet? The last game's tonight, okay? I'll, I'm sure Noah won't be watching that tonight. But, um, but, but, but you think about the Stanley Cup. And you know, um, hockey, um, I know that, that you, you, know, you see the, the national championship uh, in football and they're kissing it and all this kind of stuff. And, and uh, the, the Vince Lombardi trophy, they're hoisting it up. But there's something about hockey 
the, the, the team that wins the Stanley Cup Finals, they just pass that thing around and kiss that thing and hug that thing. and It's like, you know, and, and I guess we'll see that tonight. Somebody will, will do that. Um, also, the Larry O'Brien NBA Championship Trophy, the, the MLB uh, Commissioner's Trophy, the, um, used to be the BCS Trophy, but now it's the, the college football trophy. I don't, I don't even know. It's got the glass-looking football. And, um, <clears throat> but there's, uh, there's, there's time and there's money uh, and sacrifice and dedication that's put into those trophies. I mean, we, you can't even measure the sacrifice and all the money that's involved. It's just amazing to me, all these contracts. You know, these teams paying these, and even college now. Uh, it seems like the college that can offer the most money. Why do you think that Arch Manning went to Texas? Well, they got some oil rigs out there, and they got some pretty, pretty rich guys out there. And I think that probably has a little bit to do with it. But, uh, but all the money and all that's involved just to win a trophy, to obtain a prize. Then I think about running the Christian race. And Paul says, run in such a way that you may obtain. Paul says um, in the latter part of verse 14, you know, that we press toward the mark for the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I tell you, there's no comparison to that calling. There's no comparison to serving God and being a part of God's work and, and working and serving, being faithful to God, faithful to His church, uh, trusting His word and obeying His word so that one day, We'll stand before him and the righteous judge will give a, a reward that will never fade. That's what it's all about. Since Paul uses racing, think of NASCAR. I've disgusted with NASCAR now, all the changes and these segments. Um, I, you know, but, it, but, it, but it's still impressive. Uh, a race car you know, costs probably about $500,000 or, or even more. Uh, then there's the research for power. You know, got, got to have that power. Lasting engines that weigh as little as possible. Think about that. You've got to have a durable engine that's powerful, but then it's got to not weigh a lot either. So it's got to, it maybe it's, it's not as, as uh, you know, ha have the, the, the durable parts, but it's got to be light. Aerodynamics, wind tunnels, crews who literally work around the clock at the expense of even their families. The need to get sponsors, and the sponsors are just kind of fading anymore. They don't even have all the contingency decals on the cars anymore. Like the cars don't even look like they like they used to look. But tires, um, you know, they cost about four hundred, probably over five hundred dollars each now. So that's like twenty five hundred dollars for a set. Uh, and then there's six or seven sets in average that are used in a race. All of this for an award that will perish. Isn't that true? And as we close tonight, what are you striving for? What are you working for? You know, parents, what, what, do we, what do we do for our kids that will last for all eternity? What is involved in our life right now that's going to matter 100 years from now? You know, that's a sobering thought. It kind of puts it all in perspective. And I pray that the high calling of God in Christ Jesus will be what we're pressing on towards. Because a hundred years from now, we'll be glad we did. But if we made it about everything else, and it's easy to do that, there's so many distractions and so many, so many obstacles, we make it about so much other than the real thing, the real deal, then we're going to have regret one day. And those rewards, you know, we think about singing in the choir, coming to church at five on Sunday afternoons, and we, we think about volunteering for kids and you know, middle of the week on Wednesday night, man, that's just such a busy time. And, and, and we think about uh, serving on, on the youth committee or, um, you know, volunteering with our students or, um, or, or teaching Sunday school. Man, I appreciate Steve, you know, who teaches that class. Y'all have got a great class. And Miss Helen, uh, you've been so faithful to teach. And, and, uh, and, and so many of you are, are, are serving Doug so much. He put, I was no telling how many hours he put into Mission Week. Uh, uh, this year and, and, and what a great work and I'm telling you don't look for the pat on the back so much in this world it's great to be recognized and get the pats on the back that's wonderful but I'm telling you that reward's coming in glory one day matter of fact here's how Jesus put it as we close I guess that's the second or third time I've said that <laughs> but Matthew 6, 19 and 21 lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth 
where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And then Jesus continues on in, in down in verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's what it's all about. Let's seek God first. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's press on towards the mark so that one day when, when, the, when the end comes, whenever that time is, we can say with the Apostle Paul, I fought a good fight and I have finished my course. Paul says, I'm ready now to be offered up. I pray that that's the case for all of us one day. Heavenly Father, I pray that tonight, God, we would examine our hearts. And Lord, what are those things that we're caught up with, Lord? Not necessarily bad things, but Lord, things that's not really going to matter a hundred years from now. What are those things? And what are those things in our lives, Lord, that will matter in eternity? Lord, are we laying up treasures in heaven? God, no matter what, you are faithful. You are on the throne. And Lord, your work is going to continue on. Lord, you don't need us. But Lord, you give us the wonderful privilege and joy of knowing you by faith in Christ and by being saved. Lord, we're a part of your family. And God, we can be a part of your work and laying up treasures in heaven, making our life count for you. I pray that that, that would be our desire. And God, that we would commit to that even tonight, that we would say with all our hearts, Lord, I press on toward the goal, the high calling of God, the prize, the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. May we commit to that tonight, dear Jesus, I ask in your name. Amen. Would you stand together as Donna sings? Is God dealing with your heart? I encourage you to come. Let's commit tonight for God's glory and for our good. want us right now let's just ask God to, to speak to our hearts and, and let God deal with us what is it right now that he would have us to do let's obey him tonight whatever God speaks to us about Thank you so much uh, for being here tonight, and I appreciate each of you. I love you with all my heart, and I really mean that, and I know uh, uh, I mean that more than, than probably you, you know, um, but, uh, but I'm grateful um, for, uh, for you, and, and I look forward you know, to hearing great things in the, in the days ahead, and, and I assure you that, that we'll be praying for you, and, um, and I think that was just an incredible gift that y'all gave me this morning, those chimes. I heard them things... Um, this afternoon and, and I teared up just thinking about it and, and I promise you when those, when those chimes sound I, I will pray you know for this church and uh, wh what more can I say you know I can, I can tell you that I poured my heart into this church and, and I, I've tried to be faithful and minister 
God's word uh, and try to do God's way for God's glory. And uh, and I, I, I know that I, I'm not going to tell you I've been perfect. I'm not going to tell you that I hadn't made mistakes, and, and I certainly have. And that won't change. Uh, there'll, be, there'll be problems and mistakes in the days ahead. But one thing that I can say is that God is always faithful, and he's with us. And um, so I'm grateful for that. And so uh, Teresa's asked. She has something that she's wanting to share uh, tonight. So I'm going to let her do that. Hey, sorry, I won't keep y'all long, I promise. I know that y'all loved on Mark this morning and told him how much y'all appreciated him as a church. And um, I just wanted to, on behalf of the preschool, um, let him know how much we appreciate him. Um, I know a lot of you don't see a lot of the preschool side um, of things, especially if you don't have Facebook and, and things like that. But um, he has just been such a wonderful, wonderful asset to the preschool. Um, these last eight and a half years it's really just incredible the impact that he's made on all of these little lives and um i pray that as the the pulpit committee selected that that is one thing that you'll consider um when looking for a new pastor is someone that does want to be involved in the preschool program um I mean the, the the chapel and the songs and the field trips and the the freeze tag at recess and playing in the foam and um, and all of those things um, it just it's been so so wonderful we've been so blessed at the preschool to have mark and um so we have a, a scrapbook for you of all of your uh, preschool memories and we hope that um that you will look back on them fondly and because we we definitely will and um i can't say much more um but you know i love you and um brandy and tracy and all of us like i said all our preschool families you know that they all love pastor mark and um we will miss you and we love you thank you so much i love you appreciate y'all good times good memories and i've often said i've even told my pastor friends that it ought to be required for every pastor to lead a preschool chapel um, because you think about um, you know the, the kingdom of heaven Jesus said is like the little children and the, the faith and the simplicity you know the um, of, of, of our kids and I have certainly um, enjoyed the times that I've uh, been with them in preschool and I know it's been more a ministry to me for me than, than to them um, but uh, but I'm, I'm so thankful. Um, and I, I think it might have been your two, uh, Stella and Elliot. Um, I, was, I was running, uh, went running around, um, and they were in kindergarten. They had, uh, had preschool here. They were in kindergarten at the playground. And, of course, now, you know, they don't have kindergarten over there. They, they've changed it. But, but anyway, I was running, and, and, and there's, there's Elliot, and he's running alongside. Pastor Mark! And he's running alongside of me, and... And uh, and I'll I'll be at a football game and um, the uh, there's one little girl I can't think of her name I, I know who they are I know the family um, Lawless no not Lawless um, anyway um, I I was sitting at a football game and and I looked and there she was sitting beside me just looking up at me smiling and and uh, I'll see them out and and in Walmart or something and and uh, and I just I just am so thankful. For our preschool and and the wonderful cherished memories the field trips and and uh, just just so much and and so i would say to the next pastor man if you want your heart to be blessed then you go lead chapel and and you try to work your schedule out so that you can go with them you know on field trips because it'll bless his heart and uh, so thank you so much for this and um and i know i'm gonna i know there's gonna be a lot of tears shed looking over that but so, thank you, church. There's part of me that don't want to end this. But thank you. Come down front and we pass out the hugs. Let's pray together first. Father, oh Lord, I pray that as the Apostle Paul declared... In a, in, a, in a prison I press on toward the mark I pray that would be case, the case in every one of our hearts and lives Lord that we'll press on until you call us home or until you come again 
And may we finish well, Lord, for your glory, being a part of your work. And Lord, I pray that in the days ahead, that souls will be saved and the baptismal uh, waters will flow here at Liberty First. I pray for your blessings on this wonderful church family. God, we love them so much. And we thank you, Lord, that you allowed our paths to cross. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. God bless. Thank you.